This is KJZZ's Sun Up, your daily news update from here in Phoenix on our state and region. Hi, once again, I'm Phil Latzman. This podcast, a daily digest of the news events here in Arizona. It is Tuesday, February the 6th, 2024. Hope the week's starting off well. Looks like it's going to be wet for the rest of the week. Get ready for that, and let's do the news. Well, Democratic lawmakers in the Arizona legislature want to partially roll back a recount law to fix election calendar problems that could cause counties to miss key deadlines. From the politics desk, Wayne Shutsky has the latest. The 2022 recount law raised the margin of victory in elections that would spark a recount from one-tenth of one percent to one-half of one percent. Arizona counties have since warned legislators that an increase in recounts required by the law could prevent election officials from meeting deadlines to mail ballots to military members and certify electors in the U.S. presidential election. Representative Laura Tarek's bill would lower the margin of victory that would spark a recount to two-tenths of one percent. So it doesn't return it to the full, you know, what we had in in statute previously, um, but it it gives us a little bit more wiggle room, and we're hoping with that change that the counties will have the days that they need. Governor Katie Hobbs supports Tarek's bill, but Republican lawmakers have a competing plan to solve the election calendar issue without changing the recount law. Any solution will need bipartisan support to make it to Hobbs' desk. Wayne Chutsky, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Well, that competing plan from Arizona Republicans is designed to address the election deadline issue, but county officials say changes must be made by the end of the week. Counties say they need more time to accommodate a likely increase in recounts of close races. Representative Alexander Colladin is the sponsor of the GOP bill to alleviate those concerns. We understand that the Association of Counties is supportive. This is the deal with the Association of Counties, and obviously that is a bipartisan organization. So we do hope to get support from our colleagues across the aisle on the floor. Colladin's bill also needs a bipartisan two-thirds majority vote to pass, but his legislation includes other alterations that Democrats and Governor Katie Hobbs oppose, like changes to the ballot curing period that helps voters ensure their ballot has been counted. Senators, including Arizona's Kirsten Cinema, released a long-awaited bill that could transform border and immigration functions. From the front terrorist desk in Tucson, Elisa Resnick has more on that proposal, though that is likely to fail. Among the biggest changes is something called the Border Emergency Authority. It would allow the president to close the border to asylum seekers and migrants if the number of daily average encounters exceeds 4,000 people. In December, the Border Patrol was reporting about 2,000 crossings a day in Arizona alone. When that authority is in place, border officials can turn migrants back across the border. Those who attempt to cross at least twice during that closure would be subject to a year-long entry ban to the U.S. Senators argue the authority is needed to tamp down on the number of people crossing the border. Rights groups argue it would upend long-held norms in asylum law. House Speaker Mike Johnson has said the bill would be dead on arrival. Elisa Resnick, KJZZ News, Tucson. Attorney General Chris Mays is one of 23 attorneys general, part of an amicus brief in support of DACA. The Obama-era program protects some undocumented people from deportation, but is the subject of a Texas-led lawsuit that could bring it to an end. Phoenix DACA recipient Reina Montoya says, Many young people in Arizona don't even qualify for the program. I mean, at this point, when you see the average of a DACA recipient in the state of Arizona, it's 29. So the majority of the students that were working that are in high school and college are undocumented. That's because they're either too young or because their DACA applications are stuck in the process. A sweeping border and immigration bill released by Senators Sunday offered no protection for DACA recipients. 
Maricopa County is now without a full-time sheriff after Paul Pinzone officially left the position last month, the year before his term was up. As Nate Engel reports, the County Board of Supervisors is scheduled to interview three finalists to replace Penzone today. When Penzone stepped down in January, the county began accepting applications for an interim sheriff to fill the role until the end of the current term, which ends in 2025. The three final candidates are Jeffrey Kirkham, Patrick Valenzuela, and Russ Skinner, who is currently filling the position. Kirkham has been in law enforcement in Arizona since 1985 and currently serves as commander of the Apache Junction Police Department. Valenzuela has served the Glendale Police Department for 28 years and currently holds the rank of police sector lieutenant. Skinner has been in the MCSO for 34 years, in addition to serving as chief deputy under Penzone when he held the position. Nate Engel, KJZZ News, Phoenix. The newest proposal to expand the federal child tax credit is moving through Congress. If it passes, some lawmakers say more than 400,000 Arizona children would benefit from it. Kirsten Dormant reports. Arizona Republican Juan Siscomani is urging the Senate to act on the proposal quickly. I'm looking at this as both a legislator and a, and a dad as well. The child tax credit is very important for families of any size. He's describing one key change to how the credit would work, that low-income families would receive the same credit amount per child the way higher-income families already do. Siscomani says he would have liked to see a slightly longer timeline built in, but... It's a good point to start with what we have now and also... Looking forward to the opportunity of taking another stab at this in a couple of years. Now that it's in the Senate's hands, Siskamani urged them to act swiftly so that people can benefit as soon as this tax season. Kirsten Dorman, KJZZ News, Phoenix. A nonprofit that started off providing relief for Native families during the pandemic is now helping Navajo and Hopi families repair their homes. From our front terrace desk in Flagstaff, Michelle Morisco has that. The Navajo and Hopi Families COVID-19 Relief Fund started at the height of the pandemic to protect families from exposure at a time when food supplies were unpredictable and scarce. Now it's received a $2 million grant to help with housing needs like repairs for indigenous families in Coconino, Apache, and Navajo counties. Deputy Director Cassandra Begay says the group has already helped one 74-year-old Vietnam veteran whose roof was falling apart. She was telling me that water was coming through and starting to crack the um, walls in his home and stuff, and we were able to go in and, and fix his roof within a day. The grant came from the Arizona Department of Housing. Begay says the group intends to help 100 to 225 families. Michelle Marisco, KJZZ News, Flagstaff. Well, black holes continue to mystify scientists more than 100 years after Albert Einstein and others theorized about their existence. University of Arizona physics professor Sam Grala says the intrigue about black holes was turned up a notch when telescopes produced the first image of one a few years ago. And the question of what a black hole looks like is a little bit complicated because the black hole doesn't emit anything that's visible to us. But of course, if there's stuff around it falling in, it makes various displays. Grala kicks off the U of A College of Science free lecture series on Wednesday with Surprised by Gravity, Black Holes and Their Implications. Well, drawing inspiration from Diné, Melody's Old and New, the Delbert Anderson Quartet brought its jazz, funk, and groove-infused selections to Scottsdale on Saturday night. As Gabriel Pietrazio reports, the group performed at the historic ASU Care facility north of Old Town. Delbert Anderson has come a ways from his Navajo hometown of Shiprock in New Mexico. The song was called Tuata, and it means uh, 
Between waters. This Danette jazz trumpeter and his multicultural quartet played songs from Iron Horse Gallop about a bumpy Amtrak trip the band took from the New Mexico reservation border town to L.A. To Where's the Native, the title of a score inspired by a sound check. And the sound engineer ran around the curtain and said, Hey, where's the native? <laughs> and, you know, it's a stereotype that we always go through. Uh, I think he was expecting rattles and regalia, but uh, not this time. <laughs> Anderson reflected on that memory with humor. This goes out to the sound engineer. Thank you so much for naming this song for us. For KJZZ News, I'm Gabriel Pietrazio reporting from Scottsdale. Basketball, after going 4-3 and three on their longest road trip of the season, the Suns back home to host the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Overall, Phoenix has won 10 of their last 13. They're tied for sixth place in the NBA's Western Conference. They'll host Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee team with the third-best record in the East should be a good game. And it'll be nationally televised. Hockey, the Coyotes extend their all-star break until Thursday. They're back in action. They'll host the Las Vegas Golden Knights in Tempe then. And that does it for this edition of KJZZ Up, Arizona's morning news podcast this Tuesday, February the 6th. I'm Phil Latzman. Enjoy the day. Thank you so much for listening. And we, of course, will do this all again tomorrow.